Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. How are you guys doing this morning? Man, wasn't worship amazing? Oh my gosh. I love those songs. I love Raleigh singing them and the band leading us. Just so fantastic. And uh, I'm already just happy to be here today. Uh, we are wrapping up uh, this five-week series when talking about regrets. And here's what I know, because I know one church, I know me, and if you're like me, all of us have regrets. All of us have some stuff that we wish we could go back and change. We have some things that were maybe done to us. We call those regrets of reaction. We, uh, we, things maybe that we've done stupid ourselves. Uh, that's me. Uh, that's, we call those regrets of action or maybe even some regrets of inaction. That's things we wish we would have done, but we just didn't take the leap. And, uh, I don't know where you're at in any of that, but I know from what hearing from what you guys have said, you guys have enjoyed this series. If you missed any of the weeks, uh, you can uh, download our OneChurch.tv app and you can watch it for free. Not just this series, but all of the series we've done now going over our 12th year. Isn't that amazing? So uh, if you're ever struggling, struggling with insomnia, you can just have me just lull you to sleep. So anyway, but anyway, but uh, this whole idea of like getting past regrets. Um, I just, I, that just really resonates with me because there's been some times in my life I've done some dumb stuff. And there's been some times in my life where some, to be honest with you, just bad people have done stuff to me. Um, and I, so here's what I just kind of want to launch out today because I want to talk about where we've been, but also where we're going to be going today. We talked about the first week, this whole idea uh, that we need to be able to go back and we need to be able to recognize our regrets. We need to recognize our regrets. Do we need to face them head on? You remember that week where we did the beach ball and we held it under and we talked about that when you hold that beach ball under, eventually it's going to pop up. And that's how our regrets are. Honestly, most of us, we hide them. And we talk about, you know, we bury them. And the problem is, is when we bury them, they're not dead. We're burying them alive. And anything buried alive is going to fight to get to the surface. And that's how our regrets are. So uh, we have to recognize our regrets, not hide them anymore. Next one is we talked about we have to release our regrets. And we talked about that dog with the stick in its mouth and it couldn't move forward because it just had this big honking stick. And honestly, most of us, our regrets are like those sticks and they get us stuck. And if you were here that week, uh, we threw those sticks out in the bonfire, out in the parking lot. And uh, uh, praise God, we didn't have any fire uh, marshals come by. It was amazing. So, But we talked about releasing those regrets, that uh, our, our job is not to hang on to them. And last week, uh, we were uh, a little bummed out last week because of the snow and the weather and the ice. But uh, how many of y'all, you actually uh, watched and tuned in last week? Let me hear you. All right, so if you did, uh, you saw us in our uh, Kim and I's natural environment uh, in our dining room, and uh, I don't know how smart it was, but I gave you guys my personal home address if you guys wanted to come and uh, uh, eat some pancakes with us, and none of you took us up on it, which is probably a good thing. So anyway, but we, uh, we talked about last week about that God wants to redeem our regrets, that even those bad things that happened to you, that bad relationship that blew up and it went south, that God wants to use everything, not just the good things, but even the bad things in our life to be able to make us who we are so that we can help other people. And uh, I hope you tuned in for that one because that was a very, very powerful story on the life of Joseph. So as we finish it, I'm going to put a bow on it today. 
And uh, I'm just going to simply say this and asking a quick question. How many of y'all that if you could get in a time machine and and get in that DeLorean and go travel 88 miles an hour to go back to the future, if you could change your regrets, maybe something that was done to you bad, how many of y'all would do it? Because I know what I would say is yes, I would go back and I would redo it. How many of y'all, let me see your hands. All right, good. That's probably almost all of us, except for those who are asleep. Here's the thing. Today, I'm going to give I'm going to give you the secret sauce, the secret weapon so that you cannot regret any more regrets in your life. I'm going to give you really the fix so that you will have no more regrets starting today, January the 27th and moving forward. But I'm just going to warn you because even though I'm going to give you the secret weapon so that you will have no more regrets, Many of you will walk out of this room and not do anything about it. That's the truth. Many of you are going to be tempted to blow me off and not do this one very simple thing to keep you from having a life of regret. Because all of us, if we could go back and change it, we could. But to prove this question, let me ask you another question. Have you ever met someone that you later wish you had never met? Right? Honestly, I think many of us, if we were honest with ourselves, we would nod our heads and say, yeah, I've met some people that I wish I'd never met. Or maybe maybe that's a little too convicting. Maybe it's a little too personal. How about this one? Has your wife or husband ever met someone you wish they had never met? Yep. Maybe somebody who Facebook messaged them. Or maybe that you're, that's a little bit too difficult Uh, What about this? Maybe do you have a teenager or a child you wish they had some people that your kids had never, ever met? And if we were honest with ourselves, the answer is yes. Because this whole idea of regrets being tied to people we met is really our big idea today. Our big idea today is simply this. Our biggest regrets are connected to people we've met. Can we say that out loud? Our biggest regrets are connected to, absolutely. Isn't it true? Your greatest regret is always connected to people you've met. And I don't know what your greatest regret is. I haven't been spying on you or hacked into your email. But here's what I know. Whatever your greatest regrets are, chances you weren't alone. Or if you were alone, uh, it was still connected to a relationship. This is such a strange thing if you think about it because our greatest regrets often involve people many times. And the people they involve, they're not our enemies. They're not people who have hostility towards us. Uh, They're not people who are angry with us usually. We're on guard around those people. Like We keep our guard up so we don't get punched in the mouth. But we let our guard down around our friends. We let our guard down around people that we have things in common with. And when we let our guard down, and we're supposed to, if we're not careful, it's those folks that we've met that end up being connected to our greatest regret. But think about that. That big idea, our biggest regret is connected to the people we met. The inverse is true as well because friends influence the direction and the quality of your life. You know, this is a principle, principle we teach over and over and over to our students at Inside Out here at OneChurch.tv. Our, our student ministry, Inside Out, happens on Wednesday nights. Uh, it's 6.30 at our One Church offices. And this is one of the principles we talk about all the time, that your friends 
will influence the direction and the quality of your life. I mean, your friends, and let me just say this. Let's bring this to adults now. Your coworkers, the people you're hanging out with on the weekend, the girlfriends you play bunko with on Friday nights, and the guys you hang out with at the bar, these are the people that you run with. These are the people you play with. These are the people you work with. It's those folks that are a part and are going to be a part of directing your life. And you're, why? Because your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Turn to your left. Everybody look at your left. And then turn to your right. And look at this next statement. Some of you are hanging out with your next regret. Yep. I said it. I said it. You see, you don't call them regrets yet. You know what you call them? Friends. That's what you call them. And if you're not careful, they're going to blow up your marriage. And they're going to blow up your career. They're going to blow up your reputation and your character. People that you consider friends today is what we've already said. It's the folks we've met that are generally a part of our greatest regret. Now, here's the pushback. Some of you, if church is not your thing, or maybe you grew up in church and you bounced out because the church is full of, there you go, hypocrites, right? Here's some of your pushback today. Is you hear me talking about that, and you think, gosh, Chris, you're being so judgmental. There it is. Because we're talking about your friends. Well, you're being so judgmental. These are my friends, and these are people I hang out with, and they've been a part of my life a long time, and it sounds like you're asking me to be judgmental. And I just want to talk about that right up front before we just dig in today, because this isn't about me being judgmental. This talk today is about trying to encourage you to have good judgment. Now, there's a big difference. Let me explain. Being judgmental, judge, judgmental, excuse me, Mental, judgmental focuses on you. Focuses on you. Being judgmental is me forming an opinion about you. Being judgmental is me forming an opinion about what you should do, about what you shouldn't do, and the focus is on, everybody say it, you. Now, good judgment isn't about that way. The good judgment is different. Good judgment is about me. And the focus is on me. Good judgment is about drawing conclusions about my life, of where I want to be five years down the road. Good judgment is, in light of my past experience, the things that are tempting me, the things that I have in my past, the junk in my last relationship, the last marriage, uh, where I grew up, that last state, that last job, my past experience, my current circumstances. In light of my future hopes and dreams, the best thing or the wisest thing, not for everybody else to do, but for me to do, what is the wise thing for me to do? That's good judgment. This is about making wise decisions in light of the fact, come on, and we've already acknowledged this, that your greatest regret always involves the people we've met, right? Now, is that being judgmental? No, that's exercising good judgment. You can go back and you can say, yeah, I wish I hadn't have met that person. And that's not you being judgmental. That's saying, I should have had better judgment. It's doing what your mama and daddy taught you to do, right? Now, here's what, if you had a good mom and a good dad, here's what they did. They, they were concerned about your friendships. They were concerned about you hanging out with the wrong crowd, right? And they wanted to know who you were going to be hanging out with and when you were going to be home, and it was all of that stuff. Girls, your moms, if they were good moms, they probably broke into your room and read your journals. 
because they want to know who are you hanging out with. Now, here's the thing. We had to do that 30 years ago. You know, we had to, you know, kind of be sluice and stuff. Today, as parents, we've got it so much easier. It's called social media, right? It's like, who is my son Jed hanging out with? Well, if he's, oh, who is this Billy Dunlop fella? And why is there a park named after him, right? I mean, this Billy Dunlop fella, he, I see him drinking on Instagram, this and that, and his parents all jacked up. Yeah, you, you ain't going to hang out with Billy, right? Now, that isn't me being judgmental. That's me being a little nosy and exercising, let's all say it, good judgment. There it is. And when my son Jed looks at me and says, you're being so judgmental, no, I'm going to respond and say, you know what? I'm just exercising good judgment, and I'm wanting you to do the same. Why? Because our friends determine the direction and the quality of your life. Let me say it a little different. The thing that makes friendships marvelous are also the thing that make them dangerous. Because when, you can, when you're hanging out with people you consider friends, and this is supposed to happen, you let your guard down. And when you let your guard down with certain groups of people, that's a good thing. And with certain groups of people, that's a bad thing. That's right. You may not know this about yourself, but you're just an acceptance magnet. Did you know that? God created you that way. You want to be around people who accept you. <coughs> Same here. And we want to be around our tribe, our people. And that whole idea, if we're not careful, that acceptance can drive us into some either very positive things or some very negative places. Now, before we get to God's Word today, I want to just talk about science because some of you, you don't really kind of see God's Word to be viable or the Bible, and I totally get that. Let's talk about science, though, because there was a guy, by the, a neuro, neuroscientist by the name of Morin Cerf, who was, uh, he's a professor at Northwestern University for over the past 10 years. Dr. Cerf has been studying the relationships and decision-making, and here's what he's discovered. That what, we have, what he observed about people influencing other people isn't just behavioral, it's neurological. That something happens in your brain. That's what neurology is, all right? Let me show you. All right, here is a picture of two brain waves. Person one is thinking about this brainwave. Person two is thinking about something totally different. But what happens over time that if you continue to hang out, person one continues to hang out with person two, here's what's going to happen. Look at this. Over time, your brainwaves will start to come together and you will begin to think just like that individual. That the brainwaves of people, when they spend time together, actually begin to look identical. That the brainwaves, before behavior, before the attitude change, there's something that happens to us on the inside. In our brains, when we spend time with other people, brainwaves begin to line up. Absolutely. Now, that's kind of scary, or it can maybe encourage you or discourage you. Here's what a couple of quotes from uh, Dr. Morin Surf says this. The more we study engagement, we see time and again that just being what? Next to certain people actually aligns your brain with them. Isn't that amazing? Again, look to your left and look to your right. And by the way, when I said that earlier, all of you guys kind of gasped and you laughed a little bit, but it's already beginning to happen. Have you ever been around with somebody and you're starting to finish each other's sentences, right? You just kind of naturally kind of start thinking like them. Why? Because 
when you hang out with people, before the attitudes and the behaviors change, your thought life will begin to change as well. This isn't just behavioral, it's neurological. Next, uh, uh, next quote. If people want to maximize happiness, by the way, how many of y'all want to maximize happiness? Woo, right? And minimize stress. People, people. How many of y'all want to minimize stress? Absolutely. See, that's all of us, right? Here's what he says. They should build a life that requires fewer decisions. How many of y'all want to make fewer decisions? There you go. How do you do that? By surrounding themselves with people who embody the traits they what? Prefer. You see, if you want to surround yourself with people who exemplify the traits you want to become, then you will eventually become like them. It happens naturally without any effort, without any decision on your part. Your brain waves will begin to line up with people and you will become like the person you hang out with. Last statement. Over time, they naturally pick up on those desirable what? Attitudes and what? Behaviors. But guess what? The flip side is true as well. Over time, you can pick up on those undesirable attitudes and behaviors, what? With no effort. Just being in proximity to, just doing life with people, with people who are moving in a particular direction, eventually something's going to happen in your brain and you're going to be moving in that direction as well. Now, is that being judgmental? No, that's science. That's fact. That's just true. This isn't about being judgmental. It's about exercising good judgment. You see, your future will be impacted by the people you spend time with. If you want to see where you're going to be going in the next five years, you're going to be the sum of your 10 top friends. Now, here's what's so crazy. Interestingly enough, 3,000 years ago, the Bible said the same thing. Before we even knew about neuroscientists and the wisest person who ever lived, his name was King Solomon, by the way. He was the third king of Israel. King Solomon, he made a statement that punctuates what we have finally in science have discovered, what neuroscientists more in surf discovered. Here's what Solomon wrote. Y'all ready? It says this, Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, automatically, with no effort, bless you, with no intentionality. You don't have to write anything down. You don't have to take a test. You don't even have to remember anything. Walk with wise people and you will become, there you go. Now, let me just give you the first principle on this. First principle is simply this. You become wiser simply by surrounding yourself with wise people. How many of y'all want to be wiser in 2019? then you need to surround yourself with wiser people. Now, wise and smart, those are two totally different things, okay? Some of y'all think it's smart aleck. That's even another thing. But let me, before I get there, let me just simply say this. Wisdom is contagious. Wisdom is contagious. Imagine that. It just rubs off. It just rubs off. Do life with the wise and you will be Wise. Now, what is wisdom? We've talked about this before at Once Your Shut TV, but wisdom is somebody who understands that life is connected, that the dots, that my past connects with my present and will be an indicator of my future. That's what it is. That's what Solomon is saying, that if you spend time with wise people, 
Over time, you will become wise. So that's principle one. But let me also tell you principle two, and it's simply this. All of us have been fools from time to time, haven't we? We have. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise, yes, but, everybody say but. This is a big but right here. Some of y'all like big and you cannot lie, all right? But, (laughs) oh gosh. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, we don't use the word fool today a lot. We just don't. But in the Jewish scriptures, a fool was a person who was not very careful with their life. A fool was a person who did not live carefully. A fool was a person who didn't understand that the past is connected to the present, and that's a predictor of the future. A fool is just somebody who says, you know what, tomorrow's tomorrow. I'm just going to live today, right? A fool is the person who's like, you know what, you know, I'm just going to do what makes me happy today. And a fool is somebody who's just not careful with their life. Look, can I just be honest with you guys? Friends who aren't careful with their lives are not going to be careful with your life. That's the truth. Friends who aren't careful with their health aren't going to be careful with your health. Hey, you want this Twinkie? Right? Friends who aren't careful with their marriages are not going to be careful with your marriage. In fact, let me tell you, when you get a divorce, they're going to be happy when you do because misery loves... There you go. Y'all are learning. You see, people who aren't careful with their finances aren't going to be on guard and aren't going to be careful with your finances. People who aren't careful with their reputation are not going to be careful with your reputation. And let me simply say this. People who aren't concerned about their faith aren't going to be concerned about your faith. And let me just say, this isn't being judgmental. This is what Dr. Morin Cerf says, and even more importantly, this is what the wisest person who ever lived, King Solomon, says. This is, and by the way, this is just middle school and high school. How many of y'all, you're a parent? Let me hear you. You see, you tell this to your kids, don't you? You got to be careful about your friends. We say this, but you know what? This isn't just middle school and high school. People, this is adulting. And some of y'all stink at it, right? Because you will tell your middle school and high school, you got to be careful. Got to be careful. And they're looking at you thinking, Mom, you going out clubbing with the girls tonight? Right? Uh, You know, Dad, I know the type of friends you hang out with, and they're always cussing and drinking, and you're telling me to be careful? You see, there's something about teenagers. They can spot a hypocrite from a mile away. And I'll be honest with you, I was a student pastor for 13 years. You know what? As a student pastor, I very rarely had problem with students. You want to know who I had problem with? Parents, because sometimes parents just don't understand. Thank you, Will Smith. All right, that was good, baby. That was amazing. I, I want to drop the mic, but I have none. All right, friends who aren't careful with their life won't be careful with your life. And we need, as an adult, we need to do a better job adulting. Let me simply say this. Friends who lie and cheat, they feel better when you do what? Lie and cheat. Friendships can be awesome. They can be good. If you continue to hang out with people who skip church, guess what's going to happen? Yep. And let me tell you, well, I can be a Christian and skip church. Yes, you can. But you can't be a growing Christian. I'm just going to say that. 
Some of you, I see y'all about once every fourth, fourth week. And you're wondering why, well, I need to go to a better church who is a better preacher who can, you know, challenge me. No, what you need to do is be consistent. And not just be consistent coming to church, consistent opening up your Bible app and reading it. Just saying. All right? You're going to get me a preacher. Anyway, got to move on, people. Got to move on. I'm just saying. By the way, if you continue to hang out with people who gossip, guess what you're going to be? Yes, sir. And by the way, can I just simply say this? If they come to you and they gossip about other people, when they are not around you, guess who they gossiping about? Yes, sir. Yes, they are. So our biggest regrets are connected with people we've met. And I mean, very few people say, my worst decision was ever made in the proximity of an enemy. Very rarely does that happen. My worst decision was when I thought that person was a good friend. That person had my back. And what they were really doing was blowing up my marriage. Why? Because your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Somehow, as an adult, we think we're immune to this, that it's just too for our students. But let me tell you what I've seen. Marriages have ended because of this principle. People's faith have been shipwrecked because of this principle, because their brainwaves changed and their priorities changed. Their values changed because they hung out with people who were not going the direction that they wanted to go, and they ended up going that direction anyway because they change. He who walks with the wise will grow wise, but listen to me, a companion of a fool will suffer harm. Quick question, who are you doing life with right now? Who are you walking with right now? What are, who in your life is surrounding yourself? You're surrounding yourself with people who can going to hold you accountable. Who in your life is going to keep you from making bad decisions and regrets and talk you from driving your car from going off the cliff? How many of y'all have ever seen the movie Thelma and Louise? Thelma and Louise. Now, by the way, spoiler alert. Get ready to spoil it for you. And some of you are like, oh, don't you do it, Pastor. Listen, this came out like in 1991. If you ain't seen this movie now, you ain't going to see it. So, but let me kind of give you the 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 gist of the movie, if you would. Thelma and Louise, these two ladies who have become friends, something really bad happens to one of them. A, a regret of reaction. Somebody does something unthinkable to this girl. And as they're kind of doing life together, guess what? Their brain waves start to come together and they start making bad decision after bad decision and they get stuck in the sorry cycle. We've talked about that. Their life begins spiraling out of control until now the authorities are after them. The police and the FBI are after them. And they're driving their their uh, convertible Ford Mustang in Arizona until they kind of come right up against the Grand Canyon and they get surrounded by a bunch of police. Watch this movie. Watch this.
the thing i watched this at the movie theater and i remember people were leaving that's in the movie by the way people leaving crying holding hands i'm such a you're such a good friend and i would do that for you i'm such a good friend i would drive off a cliff for you and i'm thinking y'all a bunch of idiots because you know what a true good friend would do talk you from driving your life and marriage, and finances over a cliff. You see, sometimes friendships means you have to say hard things to people. And I tell you, I have people in my life who are willing to do that for me. And I'm willing to do that with somebody and people. I texted a good friend of mine last night. Dude, I see your wife on version all the time. I never see you on the Bible app. Are you okay? You, you, you see... I need people to do that for me. And that isn't me being judgmental. That's me loving them enough to speak truth to them. Friends tell friends the truth even when it hurts. True friends pull you aside before your life is in overdrive and drive it over a cliff. Why? Because many times our biggest regrets are connected to people we've met. Now, here's At one church, we know this. When we started One Church 12 years ago this year, we said we're going to do three things and do them well. We want to do worship well, we want to do children's and students well, and then this right here. We wanted to have small groups because we believe that circles are better than rows. We've said that from day one here at One Church. And as much as I love preaching to full rooms, and I'm telling you, we had, we had record crowds at 9 o'clock this morning, and you guys are here, packed in here at 1030. As much as I love preaching to full rooms, this is the thing that we understand at One Church, that life change takes place best when the lights are turned up and the chairs are turned in and we're able to do life together and we actually talk. That's where accountability happens. That's where belonging happens. That's where care here at onechurch.tv happens. But you got to be connected in a group. I mean, that's, that's huge. So one of the things, and the thing I'm going to challenge you guys is when you leave today, is we're not going to end with any great song or anything. I'm going to be praying here in a second, and I'm going to challenge you to go get into a group. There are men and women with blue shirts and gray shirts, and they're going to be there. And we have two men's groups, uh, a Wednesday and a Thursday night men's groups. We have two ladies' groups, a Sunday night and a Tuesday night ladies' groups. We have two couples' groups, both on Sunday nights. And if you need another uh, uh, maybe a night to do that, we can uh, hook you up there. And then we have one recovery group. And I don't know where you fall in any of that, but here's what I know. If you, if you want to stop making more dumb regrets and bad things happening to you sometimes from other people, your simple way that you can fix this is to get around people 
where your brain waves align and where you walk with wise people. But here's what I know. Many of you today are going to walk out of here going, that was a good sermon, preacher. It was good. I ain't going to do nothing with it. I'm not going to get in the group, right? But, but, oh, by the way, and when my life falls apart, I'll see you in eight months. I expect you to drop everything so that you can counsel me. And guess what? I will. You know what I'm going to tell you? You should have been in group. Hashtag bless life. Just saying. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. As I end today, let me simply say this. Do you know Solomon who wrote that verse? The wisest person who ever lived, the wise guy who wrote Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers. See, y'all memorize that. Isn't that amazing? Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, didn't take his own advice. Solomon chose to do life alone and to surround himself with people who did not share his values, did not share his spiritual direction. And you know what? He ended up drifting away from God. And if that can happen to Solomon, it will happen to you. You can either drift closer to God or you can drift farther away. In 2019, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? I'm going to pray for us, but let me simply say this. Some of you, you're in your, still in your New Year's resolutions for 2019, and man, you got that commitment, and you got it by the horns. And you think, okay, this year I'm going to get more closer to God. I'm going to become more spiritual. But let me just simply say this. You can have all the commitment in the world, but to avoid making more regrets, commitment isn't enough. You got to be connected because life is better connected. So I'm going to pray, and I'm not going to say afterwards, go be the church. That's normally what I do. You know what I'm going to say? Go be in group. Y'all going to do it? All right, then. God, we love you. God, I'm so grateful, Lord, for just this one small verse found in Proverbs written by the wisest person who ever lived, that even though he was wise, he didn't take his own advice. And God, I pray, Lord, for all of us in here today, Lord, that we would just maybe sift through the uncomfort a little bit and get into group. What are we waiting on? God, I pray that men would get into men's groups and women would get into women's groups and couples would get into couples groups and people who are just struggling through life and addictions and transitions, that they would get around other people, that they would find their people. God, I pray that this year, Lord, would be the year that when it's December 31st, 2019, we can look back and say, you know what? I got closer to God because I got closer to people who were close to God. Let it be said of us. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.